The following statements, opinions, and humor expressed by Khalid do not represent that of a competent intellectual or, for that matter, indicative of a mentally stable human being. Any attempt at taking these comments too seriously will be met with a thundering meh, low-cad memes and years upon years of emotional eating. That being said, Khalid is unrelentingly driven to providing you the most valuable commodity available to any new podcast, a pompous use of big words, deafening awkward silences, and the pursuit of annoying unspecific small truths that kind of help yet somehow don't. Welcome back to Bedouin Banter. I am your host, Khad Dosri, and we are here for podcast episode number four. Number four. Number four. And uh, I'm actually really excited to, to have an old friend of mine in the studio, somebody that uh, I've been wanting to show perspective on, because I think for the last couple episodes, we've only had people that have had uh, the gaming niche kind of perspective, which is something that I'm very comfortable with. But today I have somebody that I've, I've worked with on... Um, on a professional level, I'd say. Hmm? Semi-professional, maybe? Semi-professional. Semi-professional. We're all holding semis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have my good friend, Dave Richardson. Uh, he's uh, Bahraini in, in the sense that he's as far as, as, as close to Bahraini as I am, I'd say. Oh. Somebody that has grown up in the area, grown up in the region. I've worked with him on in events companies, a local events company, Boho Baha, also run by a couple of my friends. Uh, we did narrative and story. He's done amazing costumes for me at one point when, when we worked together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a, a wonderful experience with him. So uh, please, again, welcome me, or welcome, help me in welcoming him onto the show, Dave Richardson. Sir. Hello. Hello, everybody. Nice to meet you. Nice to be here. Hello, Khalid. Hello, sir. <laughs> Thank you for this amazing opportunity. Yeah. This is not really my voice, but I don't know. I'm here right now. I we'll move into this eventually. We <laughs> wanted to keep this formal at some point, and then we decided maybe English voices. <laughs> maybe English voices. Some British... We're all products of the colonial system anyway. Oh, so, so, yes. I feel repressed again. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that, right. that should make some of the people at home feel happy, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for those of you that don't know Dave, uh, Dave, can you give us background? What... what what started your path to actually uh, participating in entrepreneurial ventures in Bahrain? Straight. Well, well, I mean, one of the, one of the earliest things I can remember is as, when when it comes to finding something that was purely my own was the first day I drew Spider Man on a piece of paper, right. and I was just like, "Did I do this? Like, how did I do this?" And then you're just comparing like the image that you that you try to replicate, and then it's like. I'd like to do something with art. So that's where it started from. Yeah, because you wouldn't classify yourself as simply an artist. You're an artist. You're somebody that's worked in the corporate field. Right. You have a background as well in... in What's the terminology? I want to say biomechanics. The other day we had a geneticist on here. <laughs> no, shit, he was a geneticist oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it's because he loved X Men so much. Ah, yeah. Well, biomedical engineering. Biomedical engineering. Yeah, yeah. But that is because I am a product of two Indian parents who are lovely. They wanted their son to, you know, doctor engineer. You know, the regular. That's the perfect blend of doctor plus engineer, isn't it? It's yeah. The, it's the super yeah. hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't complain about anything else, mom and dad. Like, <laughs> like I've I've done it. I've done it. I'm not drawing i'm drawing like cells and mitochondria you know like no but like 
Uh, that that has been the, the the two facets of your identity. You have the the comic book art, artsy style yeah. of of somebody that is uh, all out there and, and 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 creatively like living. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you happy? You're not hearing this end of like this voice if you're sitting on the other end of a table and I'm a doctor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> How are you doing, sir? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, for for a biomechanical engineer or was it biomedical? Biomedical. Me- yeah, biomedical yeah, engineer. Yeah. You do have the the Gandalf stature that I've always enjoyed so far. His beard. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, those of you who can't see, we don't have a, a webcam yet in the studio, but he has the proper Gandalf beard and not the hipster beards that you see in the last <laughs> five years. This is legit. Like he, he could have been coming out of a cave, a hermit style. His spirituality is brimming. It literally is a journey of self-discovery. Like, you know, started it in Jan. I'm going to see how far it gets in a year. That is insane. Eight months in. Eight months in. I hate you for that. <laughs> it takes me six months to get this little stubble on the chin, and then it's still patchy like a goat ass. You know, it took it took time. Like uh, this only popped out like really since I was twenty seven. Right. Previously to that, it was like hmm, the field looks a bit sparse. You know, like you know. So you're you're pa- you're drawing Spider Man, thinking about oh, yeah, your right, medical right, right. degree. No, 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 just getting back huh. to this this whole wrapping it all together. You 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 this the beard to me represents that as well. It's this. It's it defines it's you. The culmination it of is ideals. the culmination <laughs> of the, this torn identity value that is within you. Uh, what what? How did you bridge that? You start off with, like I said, you you have a uh, creative background. You yeah. have this love of art and comic books and uh, film and and subculture that that's grown around you and, and influenced who you're with and, mm. and who you work with as well. So, how do you come to terms with with? making that work in somewhere like the Middle East right. that's already kind of going through a kind of identity it, it, it crisis is. of its own. I suppose it is, yeah. Like, um, uh, the one thing I'm really happy about is seeing a lot of people from our generation, the 90s, the 80s, um, especially in the arts field, mm. being noticed a lot more. And it's not like a school competition. It's not, it's, not, uh, it's, not, it's not just a drawing competition. Like, who's going to draw... Like this horse, the best, and here's your trophy. And that's that's the end of your story. Right. But now, like it, pretty much what we're doing as well. Like we're, um, I think as far back as I go, the 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 first time I was really proud about Bahrain was like when Imran, you know, Imran popped onto the scene and. What Bahrain has a comic? It's like Jamaica's got a yeah. bobsled team, you know. For, like for, for anybody that doesn't know, listening at a global level, Imran Aradi is a local stand-up comedian. He kind of uh, set the tone of the scene here. Right, yeah. I don't know if he's the first of his of his generation, but there's been a bunch of that all came out around the same time. Yeah, uh, they were on the uh, Axis of Evil comic. The where he opened for that, I think. Bara Abdullah opened for that. Actually. Oh, it was Bara as yeah, well. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so both both good friends of mine here in, in Bahrain, and hopefully one day we'll have him on the show. But yeah, Imran has been. Is he kind of a role model for you for somebody that is uh, that struggled with his own yeah. identity in in Bahrain as well? Yeah, because uh, we're, we're we're close friends. So like when we sit down and like and this is back in the day when uh, when he was you know doing doing the basic things like creating his brand, yeah. you know, um, creating his website, and then learning about the intricacies of working with somebody online who's creating your website. Because we were there at once upon a time. Like today, now we have a whole bunch of web designers graphic designers in Bahrain that you can call upon and do work with but back in the day I'm talking about like seven years ago it was a wasteland apocalypse yeah yeah people were going on (laughs) for miles (laughs) bring the graphic designers to me (gasps) I must have skulls and bones on my car chain them chain them to the walls yeah but like uh, yeah but seven seven or eight years ago it was just uh, um, what's it like Upwork you know Upwork you go it's like look for web designers it's like hmm how much is like you know oh this is good ray that but like it's still it's so foreign 
there is no no one was picking up personalities right artwork always has a personality a, a certain a very specific voice which not a lot of the older generation recognizes right now. That's one of the com- communication barriers we always have. It's a reoccurring story I hear uh, from all right. my friends that are somewhat professional that they, uh, you, like, wh- whether you're fully, as in you fully work in a corporate field mm. or you're starting your own business or if you're just a freelancer that, you know, deals with people that you're very selective about. Right. The communication barrier that comes to all the new disciplines, whether they be graphic design, whether it be like uh, writing outside of copy work, anything that we've kind of worked on, events right. planning, it is difficult to, to, to translate to them why it matters. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of function over the understanding of form and how to bring both together in the real world. Even though they see the examples of it on TV, they see the mm. examples of it from like companies and media companies in Dubai. Mm. They know they like it. Right. They just don't know why it works. That's the barrier I feel. Yeah, kind of like it, but it it is that, and it is also a it's a it's an old thought where um you know if if you want some design work, you could pick it off a shelf. Yeah, that's how that's how a lot of the older generation feels like. But you find the few that are like, oh wait, I know the reason I'm picking a graphic designer to do this job. Yeah, I know a reason why I'm asking this artist to paint something for me because specifically, I kind of like your work, so yeah. I want you to do this. But then you find the people that is like, uh, where the negotiation is less about the value of your work and more about the price of the work. Right. You know, and it's. And, and that's when it all boils, no all those identity. values, all those, uh, yeah. yeah, all those principles that they might have wanted to invest in, they're suddenly out the window. Because then you're talking price, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. There's no identity. Like, I can't put my personality into my work anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I'm somebody else's design department. Is that, is that why you flash back to the Spider-Man and the Hulk? Like, this yeah. is, this is a story I've heard so much, so many times from David. It's always been a recurring one. He, let's give us a background. Again, I, I cut you off earlier on and, and I want to know what is it about that moment where you drew Spider-Man, you drew the Hulk right. and you felt like you might not be, uh, a, 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 was it conforming? Actually, I, I, I think, I think. Um, okay, I was it was in grade six when that happened, right. and um, and until grade six, uh, I mean, we're talking a lot about identity growing up in the Middle East. I had none. I was an yeah. Indian kid, uh, born, brought up in Bahrain. Um, so my parents, my background is quite traditional Hyderabadi. Yeah. Um, but even they were sort of brought up by American missionaries, which is why I speak English like I do, you know. But then when we moved to Bahrain. Um, dad's working at the American Mission Hospital. So, again, uh, like... They had their own struggle with identity and what that meant for them as well. But of course, yeah. Isn't that the, the norm in India? Like, maybe it's not for... You didn't grow up in India in that sense. For those of you that don't know, Dave is uh, the furthest away from Indian <laughs> cultures you can be. As far, as yeah. far as, <laughs> I really wish I, I was closer to you guys. <laughs> like, I really, I really want to celebrate, like, one of those festivals and really, like, feel... The background. The brotherhood. You know, and, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. solidarity. But is that, is that, like, I can understand it from my perspective a lot of times where I have to kind of, and Imran maybe goes through this as well, mm. uh, you have to kind of find the, 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 the root of your heritage and kind of explore it and, and because it's a common shared language yeah. with people in the region. Yeah. But is, doesn't it, isn't it different in India? Like in India, doesn't it go without saying that everybody's so different culturally from one region to the next? Yeah. There's like a ton of religions, there's a ton of different mentalities, yeah, yeah. A ton, isn't it normal to, to run into somebody that is not necessarily that attached to the culture or yeah, yeah. I mean India is India is like so proud of the the, the variety the the, the, the variations the the differentiation across the board like you yeah. know you walk 10 centimeters away and there's another religion happening right there right you know but they celebrate the diversity but you still feel people hold you accountable <laughs> I, I think I think they're addicted to creating the diversity 
Yeah. To be frustrated about it later. (laughs) (laughs) You're so different, you know? Like, I just can't place it. Like, Look at that. I don't want to do an Indian accent at the moment. I don't know. Yeah, well, okay, let us do the Indian. No, but I'm really terrible at doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But I will try. (laughs) But yeah, so... um, You you feel like they do... like they they'd say, oh, the barrier of your diversity and your your out outwardness, your otherness, yeah. is limited by the the borders of the country. In that sense, they so you can be as diverse as you can be about your identity inside yeah. India, yeah. as yeah. long as it's Indian. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So your parents were completely different to that, and Com- completely. I mean, um, there was like, like okay, for for an example, um, in in their culture. Uh, they're 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 Christian Baptists, the yeah. South Indian Baptists, you know. Um, so because they are probably the second or third generation of Christians in that group, right. um, they have a lot of mixture of cultures, like a lot of traditions that carried on from the Hindu side of things as well. So they are they are a biryani as much as I am. <laughs> like this is what I can say, you know. It's like except I'm here, so I'm definitely much booze, you know. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, for the, the white people or Westerners, <laughs> that I'm assuming it's the white people that don't know yeah. because even I think Indians and people that are, are culturally aware would, would have heard at some point about biryani. Biryani is a yeah. Southeast Asian dish. Is it South Asian, Southeast Asian? What, South, South, South Asian. Yeah. South Asian yeah, dish. Yeah. And it's also like it kind of culturally penetrated all the way into the Middle East and has different variations. And, and, and that kind of mix and diversity and yeah. how the recipe is, is kind of similar to when we say chicken nuggets before earlier I said chicken nuggets. So something that, you right. know, is convoluted it's the right. mutt, the mutt of exactly of dishes. Yeah. You know, like you would say, like in 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 Asia, rice is not just rice. It is yeah. like a variety of rices. Like right. you know, like where if you say that exact phrase in America, it means something completely yes. different. <laughs> you know? So yeah, you know, like so um, product of product of cultures, right? Uh, and a product of parents that are not conformists as far as their culture is concerned so yeah. how does it how does that translate to you did you feel like you had uh, that kind of uh yeah understanding of if mm. you being also a divergent you're, you're like a tangent the same yeah, way yeah. your parents are yeah. a tangent <laughs> <laughs> where's he gone i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you made me <laughs> you created me <laughs> It's like that Xbox 360 ad, like, you know, the baby just flies straight out of, like, the feet. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, he just grows up on that table. Yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's literally that. Like, I am nothing like, uh, I suppose, what my parents' dreams would were. What their hopes and dreams would yeah, yeah, shattered for. Know? Yeah, yeah, you know, they probably expected bigger glasses and a white coat, yeah, you know. It's, yeah. uh, but it's just still a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could still happen. For role-playing in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> we now have a doctor <laughs> on the table. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah. So, for, for me, learning how to draw was me actually finding something that was specifically mine. Yeah. Um, because everything else was fed to you. Like, until you're great sex, you're young. Yeah, you know, um, you're 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 trying to make friends. I had I didn't have that many because I mean the level of retardation I have today is probably a mature version of that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you know, um, but you know, like my I I couldn't find venue for my interests. Like from my entire group, um, growing up in American Mission Hospital, Bahrain, which is a tight knit at that point multicultural but still very American community. Yeah. Um, and until the until grade five, I actually had community. You know, like we'd all meet in the evenings, and we'd bring out our little like transformer, transformers and right, Power Rangers, yeah. and then you know going at it. You know, and I had my friend my friends group, 
But when we joined, when I was a part of school, I had to be something completely different. You know, like uh, no one else ever shared a culture that was similar to mine. That's the issue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing I remember talking about. I think in the first episode I touched on it slightly, where um, a lot of us that do grow up with the, the this this clash of cultures and civilizations mm. that happens within ourselves, the biggest issue isn't that you're confused. You're meant to be goddamn confused as yeah. a teenager. You know what I mean? You're meant right. to be uh, emo and and struggling to find your purpose in life. Yeah. But at least I feel like in so many different identities around the world, you mm. do have kind of people to look up to. You're like, oh, that guy's gone through the same struggle I right, have. Or yeah. that community similar shares the same values and principles that I want to explore and discover that seems like something I want to do. But you're des- describing a very similar scenario I went through where you're there's like, oh, shit, where's, <laughs> yeah. where's the equivalent to this? Where, yeah, who, yeah. where, who are, my people at? where yeah. are my people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like... Um, uh, initially all the way until like grade five when i was quite young like if we were you know sleepovers at your friend's place or whatever we're mm. watching you know we're, we're watching comic comic related stuff you know right. pop culture america is what we covered you know so that was the universal language that shared and, yeah. and bridged people and, and made you friends and closer right. to each other right right yeah. right but then as soon as like i started like there was this point in old bahrain where like with the whole uh, with the amount of the gulf you know the gulf war Yes. It changed things. This like, is 91, by the way, not yeah. the, the other Gulf War. No, yeah, so yeah 91. T- yeah, like... In perspective. Um, tons of my white people left. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then all I was left with in um, in, in almost every form, like, you know, if, if, we, lo- if we look at if we look at me as an entity, um, I'm this dot, and around me is my first circle, which is my family. Right. Second circle around that was friends. And uh, in in one night... The outer circle was gone. Disappeared. <laughs> yeah, you know, and what remained was like... Betrayal. You know, I like you guys, but I can't really, like, be around you all the time. Because, right. like, we don't share the same language. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and by language, I don't mean English. I mean... You just um, the ability to kind of understand one another and, and yeah. click on different concepts. And that's it. Whatever that's it is. It. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. You can't be excited about, like, you know, the Ninja Turtles as much as I am in this room where they want to talk about, like... Chelsea, Manchester. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, my yeah. example. For, I, I, no, you, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Like I still remember trying. This is one. Was dude. it cricket for you? Or was <laughs> it? <laughs> I feel like that was a big assumption <laughs> on my part. But. No, no, no. no. That, that was the box. I just fell into it. Like no one else accepted me. <laughs> they, didn't give, they didn't give you a choice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know. Um, so uh, the, the next couple of years was was uh, me doing all these things. I usually had community to do things with. Yeah. By myself. And if you try and do that in, in an environment, especially school, where I'm the only one. I was the only one all the way on, until senior one, which is grade seven. Yeah. Um, where there were only two other people that were actually, that we shared, like, basic interests. And um, I still remember the first time I drew, uh, <laughs> my teacher, we had an art teacher, so we could draw anything. Our, 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 art period was like, do whatever the f- on like you yeah, know I was like yeah. so I'm sitting down there and I and I did this version of Spider-Man and uh and I made a friend ah. you know like somebody actually walked up and was like hey man that's really cool uh, you know how there's like gay signaling this is like geek signaling yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like, he just saw the Spider-Man figure out oh you share the same interest I do buddy yeah, come yeah. here let's yeah, talk yeah. Spidey <laughs> and the thing is I was mad into the history of it Right. You know, the history of comics, the story of Spider-Man, like, the various, like, universes. And yeah, yeah. The I, was, Kirby I, I was deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was deep in the doo-doo. Like, like, you know, like, hardcore. Yeah, absolutely hardcore. He also liked to draw. 
But for a completely different purpose. And you he saw- liked Catwoman's big tangs. Ah. So, and that's all he would draw, Catwoman with big tangs. Like, oh. But th- does that was, look, was, did you recognize straight away that there was this, this difference in, in, in mindset and what... Infl- because he could have been going through a phase for all you know, but you, <laughs> you being the desperate, I'm assuming, man, that you were as desperate as I was, yeah. that pushes you to bridge the divide and be like okay look i, I don't want to judge this person right. right he may he might be a bit awkward about like his, his cat today's but i still want to get to know yeah. why it is we share the same things and for sure for sure i mean um i he that that guy basically like i, ca- I still call him my mentor yeah. because because even because he's the one i suppose that taught me to have confidence in what i do yeah. You know, rather than keeping it hidden, like, you'd ha- we'd have this rough book, and that's where I'd do my sketches. And then I'd close it real quick before a teacher comes along, because, like, why are you doing this? But this guy, he's flaunting them titties he's left and right. He's flaunting them, and he can't say nothing to Otto. Like, you can't do it. Like, you know, like, he's, he's he just did his thing, and he sort of had, you know, some people have this level of charm that's like, why are you doing that, Otto? What are you drawing? Um, here, <laughs> check it out. Why don't you do it, Dave? <laughs> you know? As he smokes into a cigarette and looks out a window, the world is short, Dave. They're yeah. all insects and sheep. Yeah, yeah, like that, that, that sort of John Constantine vibe, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. And, yeah, so... Uh, that's, he, he was... How, how old were you at this point? How old was he? Uh, I was probably 11. 11 years old. 11, 12. Yeah, and he, Damn. Was, he was probably 15, 14. Yeah, so he was he was way ahead. This was like your first entry into like uh, edginess, angstiness, and and emo. Yeah, at this yeah. Point. I mean, like, I mean, there was a big part <laughs> of me that was really happy that, like, you know, I found something that somebody would go like, "Holy shit!" Like, how does he do that? Eh, because you know, it could lead to a potential girlfriend. That's what you're yeah, thinking at this that is time. That like, also, under, right under the surface, brimming right at this point. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope she asks me to draw her butt naked. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Mm. But yeah, how did that how did that translate with you and him actually um, as a role model, somebody mm-hmm. like ahead of you in life by that six year curve and, and that gap? Yeah. How how do you do you do you now do you take complete uh, um, uh, motive and an agency from him? Do you follow his route, or do you feel like even he didn't fit the mold of what you thought you could be or what you didn't know you wanted to be anyway? You didn't know where to put yourself, maybe. Well, uh, if, if you take into consideration, I didn't know what mold actually meant. Um, mm. I, I didn't know where it could go. All I knew is uh, he had a style that was completely different from mine, but I appreciated his style. And yeah. he really liked my style. And we would both tell each other that our styles, that his style was better than mine. Like, I would say, it's like, yours is much better than mine. He's like, no, no, yours is better than mine. Right. And so it, it sort of inculcates this, this idea that there's, there's a high level of individuality that comes into it. Um, into our work, you know, um, while everybody else is drawing what your teacher tells you to draw from your textbook. Right. You know, uh, I mean, from, from your, from, yeah, uh, yeah, you're from your textbook. Like, so you know, to you, there's almost these like levels of my, like, I, th- this is why guys at home, I'm, I'm, I was really interested in showing this side of the Middle East and this, and this, bring mm-hmm. this podcast to you because you can see here, Dave is a great example of what, what many of us went through, which is like a microcosm of a mm-hmm. world within another world, within another yeah. world. And you can be different levels of an outsider within these separate bubbles. So mm-hmm. you were alien, maybe perhaps in your behavior to your parents, you were very alien to this guy who was maybe normal kind of alienistic because he was just six years ahead of you in the curve right. in design but then in your own school and your own community you also have the greater bubble of the middle east and mm. you're maybe your alienation from arabic culture or friends did yeah. you have any arabic influences growing up at that age or, or people yeah. that lived with you in the middle east that were also designers or artists or uh 
No. None of that. No, 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 not exactly. Like, I mean, I, there were other people that I knew that liked to draw, mm. but it was other things. Like, um, like my friend Ryan D'Souza was really good at uh, doing these Dexter and, you know, Dexter's right. Lab. The Cartoon and the, Network. Yeah, the, like, yeah. And that's, that's the direction he en- ended up going to, through animation. Like, he was really good at that Batman Beyond style, the animated right, stuff, yeah. you know? Like, um, and that wasn't really my cup of tea at all, you know? Um in in terms of an art style, I really like the the the, the Jim Lee, you know the Sean, the Jack Kirby's, the, yeah, Norm yeah. Rapmund, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, 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 you know, um, Frank Cho, you know, like the, ha- having that level of detail. Like I didn't even get into anime very early on <laughs> because I was like, why do they all have huge eyes and tiny torsos and like what are those sort of big heads? You know, like, what 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 are they trying to tell me? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> making like, me very confused. <laughs> You know, so, uh, yeah, no, so I, I didn't really go, like, you, uh, as an artist, um, and I, you probably share this with me as well, you have very specific interests. Uh, yeah. And, and very, and very. And early on, you tend to cling at them like it's a religion. You just don't want to let go. Yeah, Like, the first couple of Spider-Man movies that came out with Tobey Maguire was irritating. Yeah. You know, like, okay, Colossus, if you're going to, uh, Colossus, oh, wow. like, you know, <laughs> I, we adopted the language. There's, there it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go, you know, uh. Khalas is Arabic, by the way, for done. That's yeah, it. For the done, capiche, like, yeah, capiche. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, sorry. So, Toby Maguire, right? And I was shooting webs out of his wrists. Yeah. Naturally. Naturally. Where, like, if if you ask me, <laughs> if if you were to take on these traits, they're like, and they're supposed to be natural, you'd be shooting it out of your ass, you know? like. Well, yeah, it does seem <laughs> very, like, already kind of they went the halfway step to very, like, a, a, an unusual pornographic kind of display. Like, yeah. it seems... <laughs> 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 Why wouldn't you want this to be not like artificial or mechanical in nature? Doesn't yeah. it kind of be off-putting that he's like squirting white stuff out of his wrists? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know? Some producer dropped the ball there. I think. I mean, but, I mean, they kind of they kind of played with that idea as well. Like in one of the scenes where I just remember there was web everywhere. Yeah, and he just, he just sort of blew, <laughs> blew, his <load. laughs> blew his load right over. But yeah, yeah, you know, like um, those little intricacies frustrate me. You know because. Um, I, I, I like, I, I know what I like and I, and I know that the people whose work that I liked as a kid have matured and have grown and pushed their work into different, different areas, got bigger, got, they're doing different things, but there's something very specific about their madness, right. um, about the way they pursue something. Um, and in, 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 in that aspect, uh, ultimately what, as a graphic designer today, a lot of my style is based on liking that level of detail and uh, symbolism and clarity off those specific people that I grew up like with. They might be comic artists, but they influence my branding. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. Um, though one of the people that influenced my branding greatly is Shafa. Oh yeah, you know, like, that's my wife, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's like I've like to to learn about a branding from that angle where it's all about. Uh, bringing something simple and uh, you know sim- simplicity in informing in, in that cleanliness that like yeah, yeah. Know, how to make l- less equal to more somehow it's and exactly it, yeah. that which I was I never had a mentor to teach me that yeah and Shada taught me that like I and plus like, the, the initial few projects that we worked on with each other I didn't know where she was coming from and she didn't know where I was coming from so yeah. if we'd sit and go like uh, if she asked me if she asks me what do you think of my work I'd be like it's great. 
but I don't understand it. <laughs> you know, so you're not able to to judge it at that point. You feel yeah. you're not you're not in in that line of thinking, and that's how different your DNA is as, yeah. as artists, right? But but that also taught me this. Like, um, I don't have many role models, or not enough of them. YouTube <laughs> was what saved me, and like, and at least at least in this part of the world, um, uh, YouTube. Back in the day, that dial-up connection just have something running, and I remember one of the first pieces. That was the sound of hope, by the way. The <laughs> that was hope. Yeah, for us, yeah. it was all like was literally hope. <laughs> for, from the Saudi guy that just wanted to download one ne- extra nudie pic to, to yeah, like, that's it. The guys that wanted to play video games online or anything. We're all on LimeWire. Everybody <laughs> was everybody was like anonymously escaping from something, and that was that was heaven to so many people. Yeah, no, it, pretty much, pretty yeah. much. You know, don't you dare pick up that phone, mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm doing my internet right now. You know, but... So, uh, the, can I ask you a question? Mm. Before we move on to this the global mm. phenomenon that is the, the interwebs, yeah, and how yeah. it kind of connected us to our different tribes, mm. made us feel like we're a much bigger global community. And that's like kind of what I said before, guys. This is what the show is about. It's about you guys, you know, presenting that, that aspect of how we're connected on a, on a much more... A tribe that exists over this network of people all growing up around the same time, watching the same movies, watching the same shows, you know, uh, sharing this heritage. Mm. For you, what what stopped you from, from uh, like, going out to greater Bahrain and actually looking deeper into the circles of people that didn't necessarily share your values? Right. So for me, it was, uh, I was forced to because I was, like I said, it wasn't a compound kid. I did not have friends. I had friends in Aramco and everything after going to school in Bahrain, but I didn't, I wasn't close enough to them to actually be part of their culture. I was very alien, uh, very, uh, uh, I was Arabo in that sense. <laughs> like for them, their side of the spectrum as they looked at to me, I was not part of the in crowd and on the other side of it to, for my, my Arab friends, although they were more welcoming to, to the alienness of who I am because right. I, was, I was a novelty figure, you know what I mean? Like uh, he speaks English really well, look at him. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So yeah. It, to me, I, I, I was kind of forced to look for anybody Mm. That would accept uh, my my, la- my language, my skills, and sure. even if it meant that there was these a lot of awkwardness, a lot of conflict, mm. a lot of moments where you kind of have to explain yourself, and he gets misunderstood, I get misunderstood, but it was I was pushed to that to that because you know growing up a Saudi, you kind of all feel like no matter how different we are and mm. what we believe in, we're all kind of under the same umbrella of we're all not welcome here in our thoughts and beliefs. So I mean. Mm. Those people that are outsiders, that are, you know, uh, creative thinkers, if they're, you know, people that, you know, challenge the system and and who they are and what Mm -hmm. they believe in, they do consider, well, maybe he's alien to me, but we're all alien together in the greater scope of Mm -hmm. of the Saudi structure, right? Right. So it makes us talk to each other. It's kind of like shared, you know... This this shared oppression. It's like I'm gonna yeah. t- I'm gonna tolerate you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, for for example, I was watching this Vice documentary about um not not documentary, it was like expose on this Saudi artist that like created the first Cineplex and the and they actually put it yeah. in this university and remember the first time that he did it and it wasn't well received by the public, let's say. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's moments like that that I actually know exactly what you're talking about. Except for me, the big the big hurdle, what pushed me out of the out of the fold, quite literally, was yeah. the church, you know, um, the church. Um, because uh, it, it there, there's this there's this idea of secularism and stuff like that, which mm. is just not accepted, you know. It's right. it's 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 uh, and it's not wrong. Like the way I, the it's it's the way I look back, it's 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 a lot more thanks now, and back then a lot of angst and anger and whatnot. Yeah, but 
that's what forced me out as well. I mean, uh, the big step for me is putting my stuff up on DeviantArt looking for other collaborators. Right, yeah. And this was at the age of 15. I was like 15 by the time I did Like, I felt late. So do you feel like the reason you didn't, let's say, look for uh, people of similar DNA outside of the communities you knew, like your high school, mm. you know, the, the, the church and all that, is there because you felt this uh, this massive, uh, not massive, but this this rejection that came from where you, where you were yeah. at in your yeah. own community? Imagine, imagine like, imagine like, somebody saying so what's the meaning of spider-man right and we'd like nothing he's just uh, or wolverine or whatever why they look so angry all the time yeah. and if if something is not off uh is not off like they basically branded as something not of god yes so, yeah so basically for two years there was a what t- purpose does it serve yeah that's what, that's the yeah. idea yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah what is the meaning behind this are you expressing yourself obviously if you're putting something down on paper you're expressing yourself i'm like dude i'm just this is my zen moment right here right i'm really enjoying doing this without really knowing why i enjoy doing it like right. you should see me draw an iceberg but some people and even in my community saw that as a form of mind control if you can't if you and that's maybe why we developed the skill to be able to express itself uh, express ourselves. Mm. <laughs> see i'm not even that's the skill right there that's how crap it is as far as i'm concerned but the ability to express yourself has, right. is kind of grows from this constant harassment where they ask you yeah. why you're doing it why you're doing it, and you don't even know at that point yeah, so yeah what did you feel like that's the barrier that stopped you from looking for people further in this community because of how clicky we were so you know yeah. gulf arabs would stick to gulf arabs you know right. uh people that were of, uh, of different arab maybe a uh, levant uh heritage maybe they're from lebanon right. or somewhere else Syrian. They don't necessarily hang that well with other, you know, Arabs or crews. Depending, there, there's a lot of interchange, and mm. but the 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 meat of who create what creates you, you tend to want to be safe, right? And yeah. stay in your little clique. Did yeah. you feel like that was influenced by how? much people interrogated you from your own background <laughs> and you're like the others won't understand me yeah but in the internet you're anonymous you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no it's it, it was it had a lot to do with that like a lot of my mentors uh, a lot of the people that that i i uh the greater mentors not the ones that like helped me start up but the ones that really taught me like ink work and line work mm. and stuff like prado Inkworks was like a huge influence on me when uh, i helped him out with this daredevil piece can you, can you explain to the viewers uh, or listeners, I'm sorry, what that is? So Prado Inkworks is one of these um, like accounts on DeviantArt. And uh, he, I sort of added him. And then I'm looking for my mentor. I'm looking, I'm looking for somebody that I can, I can, uh, and, I, and you only hope, like when you send a message to one of these big guys that they will reply. Yeah. It took him two months. But yeah. when he replied, he's like, hey, I really like your work. You know, you seem like you're getting up there. I was like, uh, can you give me a chance? Can I, can I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm asking for. Can you give me a chance, bro? Like, you know, <laughs> I like your work, kid. Us. I'll take you with me straight to Hollywood. Yeah. I make you famous. Yeah. Right? I kind of <laughs> hoped he had that voice. He was Mexican though. Like, you know? <laughs> hey, man, I take you all the way, bro. <laughs> we come to California, man. <laughs> You know, Together or make you big. <laughs> so, like two months later, he's just stealing your. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not a dig on it's, Mexicans. It's, it's a dig on artists. Just that's it. That, We're influenced by yeah, your comedians, it's, people. It's, like it's, that's all it is. <laughs> like, it just, it's just. There is this fear that when you're talking to somebody that's bigger than you creatively, that because you are a 
brought up in the Middle East to be very protective of your art or whatever is your yeah. work because we're in that we have a very uh, non-collaborative attitude here where it's like yeah. be afraid that I'm, I'm sharing I want this guy to see it mm. but he might steal my jokes he might steal my writing sure. he might he might sure. he might you know take something from me that is me and then dump me in the side mm. so the, maybe that fear lingers in the back of your head as far as this guy was concerned or were you taking a risk knowing full well you didn't care. You know, whatever comes out of it, I want to just be connecting with this guy. I, I just really wanted to have somebody I could look up to. You know, yeah. somebody that could show me the ropes instead of, instead of like, instead of me continuously trying to draw somebody else's work and then try to find my own work in between. Like, how do you progress? How do I make those connections to get into Marvel? Yeah. Or, uh, or, or Cliffhanger or, you know, DC, whatever it was. Like, I wanted to do comic art. Yeah. And this could, like, and because he replied to me, that was like... Mm-mm. Now yeah. you done it. Now you done it. So here come the flood of emails. Yeah, and so that's a hundred that, emails coming out. That's at literally him. what it was. And um, for a period of five months, we were he was sending me his line work, and I was inking it. Uh, you know, and that's how we collaborate on this one like Daredevil issue. Like, um, and that that was that was. That was the beginning of something. Like, I, I thought it was going to be the beginning of me getting into it, like, even heavier. Yeah. But then, obviously, the pressure that ended up coming in from being in high school and all of that just, you eventually just faded, you know, because all I was hearing from my parents is, if you want to do art, we're going to send you to India. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> I don't want to go there. You yeah, know? If you're going to do it, you're going to do it the traditional way, damn it. Yeah, no, I want to go to the States. I want to go to Chicago. Yeah. That, that's where that's where I want to learn. Um, that's where I want to practice. But, there, you know, no, you can't do it. You know, so, so I'm, it's like, I'll do anything then. You know, right. one of my one of my other interests, like, uh, sciences. I was good with the sciences. I really, really, really enjoy, like... But you know, uh, popular science, you know, National Geo. It's like that was the culmination of that effort, right. you know. And I was like, biomedical engineering might work. It's bio and it's medical and it's engineering, yeah. you know. So I'm gonna make myself some really cool prosthetic arms one day. You know, this that's is, yeah. You were trying to rationalize it in, in yeah. a way that kind of all fits <laughs> together. You're, well, <laughs> I can see a whole bunch of kids like that really take biomedical, like biomedical engineering seriously. And I met a couple of them because they're all like you know really studious and like yeah. you know yes I got this percentile in this year and this percentile in this year. Oh, you can, and it's so annoying. I I <laughs> I had to, I did the exact same thing when I applied to Bahrain school. They made me like in my application. I think one of the things that got me in yeah. was not my how I answered the test it was complete crap I could, I, my, my, my scoring was probably terrible as far as I remember mm. but the uh, the one thing I remember writing was uh, because I didn't know how to talk about the things I loved in a passionate way that would get me in I started bullshitting about things that would, you know, that were similar to what I love. So I like sci-fi, right? I'm not going to write for hours about me wanting to be a sci-fi writer. So I decided, oh, I, want, I love this and this, so I want to do robotics. Yeah. And that was the thing back then. You know, if you're, if you're looking at entry-level stuff back in the early 2000s, yeah. robotics was like cutting edge. It's like everybody you're needs right. to, to get into that. If you yeah. even mention it, it means you're this, you know, there's this kid that right. understands, you know, you're going to Harvard, you're going to MIT or somewhere else. We, we have Star Wars uh, Episode 3 with Anakin with that little yeah. robotic arm. Yeah. I actually had Cable. In really? my mind, like for biomedical engineering, like you know, he's like Cable slightly. is a comic book character from right. the X Men uh, universe. For those of you that do not know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's got this like you know, he's he's machine, he's time got, traveling like, badass. That, that yeah, that's yeah. like you know, that is the f that, that that literally was my inspiration for biomedical engineering because right. as far as I'm concerned, uh, something that can be engineered has no end, right? And even even if it includes like the human body, it's like it's. Um, it's it's everything. Everything can be engineered and turned into something 
something else. So I didn't feel too bad getting into biomed. But what I did feel uh, after three and a half years of being in, in that system was, um, was that was a box in itself uh, yeah. where no one really wants to know what your inspiration was yeah uh if you're like literally this uh as soon as you get into a certain career you want to know what you're going to be what what possibility um what possibilities exist in the future work that you do yeah and for me you felt like you couldn't see where this was going as far as yeah, you thought you know, it would translate knew, back to what you loved back to what you were you were exactly into and, i saw myself in this little room with like you know surrounded by little bits and bobs and i'm just going <laughs> still in your mind how, how old were you at this point was it is it 18 19 20 18, yeah 18, so still in your head you were you were thinking you know in this like the there was a real world where you know you were you were convincing yeah. yourself that biomedical engineering was right. somehow relatable to the cartoon world that was in your own head yeah that you yeah. wanted to make Actually, real that's very interesting that you put it that way because i've heard that from a variety of my friends because comics cartoons books Especially books. You were see the my world first through that friends. lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have to see the world yeah, through yeah. that lens. That, that's that's the the reason I wear glasses today is because I my my reading schedules were so like were scheduled by my parents. Like you know, right. you come back straight from school. Uh, I didn't want to sleep. I want to read a book. Yeah, you know, and I I chill and read. And it's like no, it's time to sleep. It was like oh, okay, all right, pass out. And then the first thing you do when you wake up is go watch the cartoons on Channel 55. Exactly. And, and, and if for those of you that don't know uh, or have not experienced, you know, your own love of comic books or anything else, if you watch Saturday morning cartoons or you're watching, was it Channel 55 in Bahrain right, or exactly. Aramco in Saudi, you know, all these play they they put on the 80s and 90s cartoons that everybody mm -hmm. kind of loved at the time. But if you were reading comic books... There was this ongoing kind of hope because every week you'd get the next issue. Of course, they were jumbled in the Middle East. I'm not sure yeah. how your experience was. Iyad, the other day we had him on board. He was talking about his frustration with that, never getting the, the right issue. Man, I would scour behind. Yeah. Like, I used to get my comics either from like this one supermarket. And if it wasn't there, I'd have to go and check at Jawad's. Right. If it's not at Jawad's, I have to go check at Al-Osra. Yeah. You know? and, and sometimes they don't have it. They don't have it. They don't it's have just it. gone. And or they'll bring a different comic book altogether. All of a sudden, you're yeah. into X-Men. You never heard of that before. And then they'll take it away and exactly. bring the Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, it was like it was almost like they were testing the market to see yeah. what would what what. But like the the inner hope for us at that point was, I mean, for me, like at that point was like I would like to see everything, even if I pick one. <laughs> yes, because it's that addictive. That's what I was getting you at. Know? The power of it being that kind of a consumable. Yeah. It, you you you're, you're just enough reading, just enough creativity, just enough language to to constantly feed your brain week right. by week. Yeah. And you didn't care. That's how, like even though we we didn't have it out, we didn't have it in order. We didn't have anything else you just didn't care it was just enough to stimulate you yeah and give you that hope and that insight yeah. into that lens of the cartoon world that exactly. we were both in yeah exactly you know like uh i still like one of the funniest things is like if uh <laughs> we were, i was chilling out with some of my old high school friends and we were having a drink over at beams and oh, old beams is this like really famous pub like, right yeah, but yeah. like um we're there and obviously we got a little happy and the first song that came into my head was uh you know, the Jungle Book song, you know, like, which, which is like, culturally, is yeah, the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities, and then like, and then, and then, I still remember my friend Maha go like, oh, Dave, you got like this, like, cartoony mind, like, you remember all the words, word for word, and I was like, I don't know why I do, I was just like, <laughs> what she was saying it in a good way, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, the, and this is why we don't hate you, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, and that's 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 literally it. Like uh, I take I take everything that represents you know uh, uh, like that that level of people observing me yeah. as the best compliment. Like you know whether it's critical uh, critical for good or for bad. Like yeah. um, for me, it's my choosing of how I react to that. But like and from but that's a compliment. Yeah. Like I'm seeing an out. Like for me, it's like some uh, I. I react to certain things and I am a certain way, but the only way I, I know what effect I'm having is the, when somebody tells me what they feel. Right. You know? Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> we've got off topic. I don't know where yeah, we are. Yeah, but well, let me take this opportunity for yeah. a second. I need to switch up some of the batteries here. So, we'll take a break for one sure. moment. Come back to you guys. At, save that throat note. Mm-hmm. Although I'm gonna, probably going to be editing this part out. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Uh, we had a little bit of a technical issue there. I had to kind of replace the batteries. <laughs> it's all <laughs> My good, fault, man. people. It's all good. Uh, but we did get a little bit off track. We were talking about your uh, your experiences with how people saw your cartoony mind, and right. and you were with a group of friends at Old Beams. You said, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. How? Uh, I think, I think, I think how we got here was we were trying to actually we were mutually describing situations where our 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 imaginations really played with what we were doing, uh, even if it was separated from art. Or yes, from and our interactions with everything else, from exactly. career choices it colored, to... It colored the world. Relationships and <laughs> yeah, yeah. everything, yeah. You know, like those those little hopes, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to a gaming cafe, and hopefully I'm oh, going to wow. meet gamer chick. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never did. I met, met a lot of gamer exist. dudes. <laughs> not, it exists maybe now, and even now it's yeah. kind of a unicorn in that sense, because, yeah. you know, the, 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 I think gaming culture has the same kind of, you know... Uh, 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 testing that people go the yeah. rigorous how geeky are you yeah, yeah you know are you really you're not a real geek man right. you're not a real gamer exactly you're exactly. not you, and i i get this a lot now because i feel like it's one of the things i'm really uh worried about i'm scared about being out of touch with mm. my culture because when you're really into comic books when you're really into gaming or you you're constantly testing it you're constantly yeah. being tested by others because that is the rigorous uh, way in which people want to vet you, see whether or not you are of the same tribe. Right. And I feel like a lot of people that w- were there before it got cool to be a geek, before it became mm. and broke into the mainstream, a lot of people feel like, oh, well, now there's a lot of posers, a lot of fake people. You know, you have yeah. people that maybe represent geek culture on TV or, mm. you know, gaming expos, whatever it is. And they, they feel like they have to be constantly vetted. Yeah. But if you're going through a career and you, you, you know, you want to develop a relationship with somebody, if you're, you're having all these challenges through life – you're naturally going to not be as good as somebody that's constantly day in day out you know sure, yeah, they're yeah. they're in tune with what's yeah. happening in the the, the the you know whatever extended universes mm. of star wars the novels the other material the source material uh, you yeah. know testing your knowledge of what it is that makes you a geek so let, I'll, 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 t- I'll twist this back onto relationships to see how what, what you see with this right, right? If you have this cartoony perspective in the world that's influenced by you know what you consider your culture so even mm. you growing up in Bahrain you were clicky within clicks, right? Yeah. You were isolated within other groups. You were bubbles within bubbles within bubbles. Mm. You were still within your own brain living in this isolated world where you painted yeah. your own reality, mm. right? You created it. How do you cope with that when you're forced to deal with it now in a professional setting? Like when was the transition point where you went? Was it when you went to, to study abroad for your mm. biomedical degree? Or what is it? what was it that was the wake-up call to you that, like, listen... I don't, these people don't understand me, but to survive, I need to learn how to talk to them, you know? Man, uh, what, you, what you just said, like, where, where you started from, uh, the thing that you fear the most, uh, and that you've, and that's kept you level, 
and yeah. con- continually pursuing like what you're doing today and what inspires you. I, I lived that moment when I lost all that. Right. You know, as soon as Biomed came into the picture, that was the next 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. He's, he's counting numbers on his fingers. Just, just <laughs> for this, he's, he's not just saying numbers. Yeah, no, yeah, sorry about that. It's like, it's moving. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, it was, it, was, it was only when I was 26 that I finally left uh, this. I, like, after I left Biomed, um, I came back to Bahrain. Yeah. And I got into magazines and newspapers and uh, got into corporate events and stuff like that. So I'll, I actually bash all of that entire area in that entire nine years, eight years, nine years into one category of um, not for me. Yeah. Um, my least powerful moments. Uh, my there are there are the the the, the points about it that uh, made me miss what I used to know. A lot yeah. more, like, um, because I just wasn't playing playing the game of life, yeah, as I would l- have liked to play it. And when I finally, and I twenty six was the first time I actually quit, like a job with, like you know, then there were like fireworks and sparks. Yeah, and all that's not bad though. Twenty six is about the right time, I'd say, when you first quit a job. Uh, yeah, like, at least in especially in a field that you're. You're not. That, that's pretty confident on your part. Just to go into it first, oh, right yeah. out of education, no, coming I, back to Bahrain and and right, right. and deciding, you know what, this is not for me. Yeah. But what is it like for me? It was the um the feeling that I'm losing my heritage. So you know, I I, I, I lost it all. I'm yeah. still figuring it out today. Yeah. Um, like you kind of know my story. So like after after I was done with corporate life, I I basically blew a fuse. And yeah. went and lived with gypsies in Rajasthan for a year. <laughs> I really didn't know what I was doing. Like, but I was I was pushing the hard reset button. Yeah. Um, because I knew whatever I come back to, I'm going to find my own, um, uh, uh, my, my phone, almost genetic. Uh, uh, what was well, is, is you're going to create your own worldview, your again. own community again. Again, you're, you're going to find people that think like yeah. you. You're going to find people that kind of yeah. are also are looking to bridge the barrier. Exactly. So exactly. That, that I don't know if that's the same struggle you had, but one of the things I was really, uh, really, really scared the living shit out of me was the fact that I want to now. I come back from the states same way you did. I, I did a little bit of stand up, some improv, all the other stuff that go hand in hand with it, and then I want to somehow make that relevant to Bahrain and and what it is I'm doing. And you take the corporate gigs wherever you find the copywriting. I was really lucky to work with you guys at the events company. And likewise, like yeah, it was, it was blew my mind that you existed. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you're you're so excited to actually find people that do want to work at a semi-professional. Like right. I'm always going to say semi-professional for yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah no, but, same, same yeah, here. Because like, I don't, I, I have not tested it that far yet. I right. want to take it to the next step. But so when I say. Yeah, it's so exciting to see somebody work with that kind of, especially your work ethic was something I always mocked you for having the Christian work ethic. <laughs> that is I, how I see it. He's going to sleep there till it gets done. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I see Dave working for hours at the shop, always uh, it was at the studio for Boho Baha at San Vance Company and, and you know, creating these mountains and, and kind of uh, paper mache costumes and like all these, like figuring out these mechanical solutions to how to make something move like it would be a, a jump jacks the skeleton puppet and it was, it was it was beautiful to watch because you get to for the first time uh, at that age for me it was like 27 no coming back to behind was like age 30 and it was for the first time that i i really find i didn't have to make a choice 
between some of my friends that were very deep into the creative or the escapism, you know, whether it be gaming or geek culture or anything else, and and having to choose between something I love passionately working with and somebody that actually has a work ethic. So I'd go to the guy that works in a corporate events company and he doesn't have any of the creativity or the passion, but he's going to work. Right. Do you know what I mean? And right. then the, my friends on the other side, they're creative and passionate and everything else, but it's really hard to get them to motivate because I'm not going to pay anybody. Do you know what right. I mean? Right. Like I can't I, – I, either you, you share the same mentality or you don't. And sometimes you – you that aligns with somebody so it mm. aligned a lot of times with you when mm. we we're working on these projects right and other times it might not but you still find that the second you get that one person you want to keep them closer you're like okay that's my guy uh, yeah if right. i need something for this you know right. he's the go-to he's my go-to producer he's my go-to writer right. he's my go-to cast or tech or whatever it is so for you what was the the turning point and and how did it how did you start finding those people that were sharing your 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 mental goals for well, there was this. There are a couple of these graffiti designers in Bahrain. I don't really know how they found me, right. but I just got this. Like, I actually know. I, I know how they found me, but it's odd that like my father comes back from work and my dad pops a doctor, and he met one of his patients' son, and he was one of these graffiti designers, and he mentioned in passing that I'm a designer too, and mm. I like I like art and stuff, and I got a call from the guy, and uh, his name is Leon. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know his full name. I just called him Leon, just, and I just found out recently his real name's Muhammad. So I don't really know. Like, you know? <laughs> he never corrected you no, after like, the first time. I'm the it's too only, late. I'm the. I still call him Leon. We're oh in the group, God. and I, everyone was confused initially. But anyway, yeah. So that's that was my 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 introductory experience into Bahrain has graffiti culture, but it's not it's not like Philadelphia or uh, you know Richmond. Mm. You know the it's the graffiti culture isn't to that level. It's it's still muted. It's still in far away from society. It hasn't really emerged as an art form, but it has been doing so in the past four years. Connecting itself with people in the communities right. and, and kind of telling a story that's unique to Bahrain. You'd say, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Like and plus. Um, people in Bahrain that are artists are getting to express themselves in their very unique way mm-hmm. rather than being given a specific design, you know, like as, as vague as this, like give me something that, uh, you know, looks like, uh, you know, noise tree, noise fruits, noise, noise things, you know, like, and yeah. it's like, okay, so you want to, you want to, you want to, you know, a painting of mural of a garden. Okay. Yeah. So you do this painting and it's like, why? Why so much uh, like uh, you know, very, very like uh, textbook? You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. I, well, he and he wants Renaissance, right? You know, and yeah. I was like, but you did tell me that you... and I can't do that, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But the thing is, like, um, it it is it it, it is growing. Um, that and that was that was my experience into it when I when I forged looking for more people to collaborate with that's what i found mm. um but what i found is i've also never done graffiti work in my life i mean i've painted walls but not with spray paint so what drove you to actually uh, to to handle uh, yeah because there's many moments where it's disappointing but i, I noticed that after age 30 you start to not be this much of an idealist and yeah. you're, you're like okay well people have their flaws they have their strengths right. but i'm gonna try to 
collaborate with this person that that shares about 40 to 50%, 60% of what I can do. And if you get right. too picky in the Middle East, you're just going to end up doing nothing. That's, yeah, that's the that's, reality. That's pretty much it. Lean, and I, mean art marketing scheme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of my friends that I grew up with and some people that I might not know, I've met off, you know, just offhand. A lot of people get the impression that we're living maybe in California or New York where the, we get the opportunity to reject a lot of people and just be like, right. get, get me the best designer here. You're crap, sir. I want, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you don't meet my standards. No, you have to kind of build a rapport with somebody and, exactly. and, and some, somehow create the relationship. Right. For you, did you find yourself compromising at that point or were you still trying to cling on to... Uh, compromising. You were. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't know the best expression of myself within Bahrain. Mm. I, I, knew that I, I, I knew I'm good at drawing. But what does that mean? Like, you, you kind of need to pick one. Um, like, if a friend walks up to me and they have, like, dude, you should really get into tattoo art. It's like, that's a completely different respect. Yeah. It's a completely different field. And the thing is, you need to work under a master to really learn. And you have to pick a master of a certain style and a certain vibe so that you get his his input into your so work So that process. focus was essential for you? or it, I needed to pick one. Yeah. And I wasn't able to. Um, so I found myself all over the place. I was doing, I was doing, I was freelance. I was doing um, digital ads. I was doing print ads uh, for. I was working as an editor in a newspaper. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, so I was, I was. But, but question now. Here's the thing. Was that I'm gonna put the the fire on mm. here for a bit onto your feet. Was that you, or was that just the nature of how things are in Bahrain? And because to me, Bahrain is so small, and everything, every opportunity is ephemeral. So you, things might disappear in a moment. Yeah. Like if things look like they're promising, they look like they're amazing, mm. and you know, you might have a good gig here. Or for me, it was like two stand up open mics that went really well, and I thought, you know, maybe there's this, there's gonna be this routine of me going on mics, and eventually. Right. going on tour and all the jobs I got into were very different from one another because mm. of how they would just dry up overnight you know they might be a boom and like people setting up events in Bahrain because you know things are cheap now maybe mm. you know more people want to spend the economy is looking good and then it's gone within a month or two so you end up doing something else was that you do you feel like it was you making the choice of not really being focused in one discipline or was it just the environment you were in ah okay I think I think it was a mixture of both because you, I can. I, I understood this lesson actually. I can only answer your question by looking back now, mm. um, because what I didn't have at that point was information. Um, what I didn't have is where these clicks are, and right. I had no idea where to find them. So that answers the other. So I answered yes to both. Yeah. Um, but now, and I, it's it's less a question of luck, and it's more of how much you put yourself out there, and. Sometimes you can try and push, and but it takes that one person to introduce you to one person, and finally your people. That one person to get you into yeah, your tribe, I mean, your people. But. Exactly, and um, we're we're looking for expression. Um, so where where I'm at right now, and why why I said I'm still looking for to fine tune it, is you know I'd I'd like to be a professional, right? You know and. Uh, by having a, a wide variety of different things you can do, you're not really giving somebody something to concentrate on or focus on, including myself. Right. Um, but the big problem, if if the big problem in Bahrain is not that there is no community anymore. Now there is community. Like back, give me five years ago and ask me the same question: Where can I find somebody like you or like Petey or like uh, uh, people in the arts? Yeah. Um, people, people, a little bohemian, looking to create something. I didn't know where you guys were. 
Yeah. You know, and uh, and because of that, I was I was in my little cave, like you know, tinkering tink- away, tinkering away, d- d- kind of like hammering out your own soul, <laughs> yeah. trying to do, what is it like temper you into a weapon of that's art a, and creativity, that's it, that's it, looking you know. for your army, looking for your master, pretty much a pretty Ronin much. without a cause, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think I think the the big the big question um, of uh, is there a scene in Bahrain and uh, can. Is, is there a problem finding like people to collaborate with or even express yourself? It's not as bad as it was. Yeah. We're much further than we were. We like the, the community has grown. Now I have an artist community that we meet for coffee and we're, we're all doing different projects, but we just meet to talk about it. Right. And we've been adding people to the group. So we might just be the second generation of artists in Bahrain that are creating the culture for the future generation is the way I look at it. Yeah. Because, because as much as we we are complaining about it because we didn't have it, but I'm pretty sure for the next generation they'll know where to find us. Because we had to be the pioneers or fail pretty much fail miserably trying to just yeah. whine and, and cry about the fact that it didn't exist. Pretty much because we're more now. And back in the day, I can count maybe like if we talk about celebrities, comedians. Who did we have? We had Ke- DJ Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> DJ you know? Crazy Kevin. Crazy, crazy Kevin. Ninety six point five. That, that's he does not him. sound like that. He's. I think he was New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealander. Or is he no, he's Australian? English. He was English. Is but he's he moved was? to Australia. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. so that's, that's where he was. He, he had. The, I didn't realize he was called Crazy Kevin because of his hair, but <laughs> then I saw it on purpose and I realized, okay, he's a crazy ginger. Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, uh, from I mean, from back in the day, what we remember Marie Claire because she was yeah. a radio host. Yeah. And she had that like, hi, this is Marie Claire from ninety six point five, and it's like it totally like chills you out, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But we had very few, and but, and in terms of personalities, those were the those were the ones that started it, that like inspired the next generation, which was probably. But Imran they were also yeah, but they were also gra- they weren't grassroots, they weren't from no. here, so that that was there was this, always this implication that they didn't. You know, they, well, their experiences and what they went through were very alien to me, and, and how they got to this point was very alien for me. They were imported, so right. they would they would inspire the seeds of the first generation, like mm-hmm. you said, Imran, Bara, and all yeah. the others, and uh, kind of like we're seeing the, the same effect happen in all all these different disciplines. Mm-hmm. So Bara has gone on to do uh, these these prominent MC in Bahrain. Imran is the one that set up the first really comedy festival, kind right. of his own stand up special. Right. You know, there's people doing it all, all over the region, from Saudi right. to other other places, mm-hmm. but do you? Do you, do you see now us as being the mentors to this new generation or do you see us as the ones that they learn the mistakes from and just don't repeat them <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think it's uh i think it's it's the mentor aspect of it yeah. like i can i can say i've worked with a lot of young people and i've been doing a lot of teaching and um sometimes as as, as far in as they're, they'd like to learn the tools of the trade yeah. like they're expressing they're expressing themselves in on on paper or in in form of poetry or writing books but they really want to know how to tie that all in together and do it for themselves so right, yeah. i i know i've been helping a lot of kids do that and um in terms of do's and don'ts that's a question that only pops up with the designers or with the artists that want to take it to the next level and start their own business yeah that's where the do's and don'ts really start because everything else working for somebody working in a company you're going to learn your lessons the hard way like yeah. um we like to a certain extent like we've all faced something similar if we've worked in a corporate environment yeah so there, there are no lessons to be just you know pull damn britches up and man it out you know like <laughs> get get to the end get her know? done get her get her done is that larry the cable guy yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, so the the do's and don'ts um I I definitely am learning them as I go because yeah. uh I, I suppose starting up a business like me and um me and my partner right now um uh started Big and Rich, a partnership yeah. a design partnership company. We're in the process of setting it up. And um and we're learning the do's and don'ts as we go. Yeah, like the business I, aspects, all exactly. these, these different languages, how to communicate with your partner, how to sure. deal with your own shit and make sure you're, it's not you, nothing. None of your decisions are ego driven. You know, you, yeah. you kind of build the trust. And, exactly. And you're lucky enough to, to be working with somebody you've known for years, but yeah. as a close friend. But does right. that feel that does that immediately the second you get into a, 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 this entrepreneurial venture with mm. them? Right. Mm. And you you have to work at this completely different level. You've gone from yeah. like, you know, the minor leagues now to to pro level and you, you want to be able to work as a as an agent as out there yeah, as yeah. a team in in the greater community right what do you feel like your, your relationship has changed with him is it add, added to it or, or detracted for it to it or caused this kind of uh of um this compartmentalization in your well, relationship well i i'd like to think that it's um our, we're expressing things a lot more differently um when we're when, when, when you're boys you're just like chilling out and talking about whatever like you know um things that interest you but like right now all we're talking about is our baby this company yeah and in in that essence nothing has changed it's just that we're talking about different things you know um we're we're running after different things or he's got uh we both got goals in sights um how we fully express ourselves is where we take this company do we turn into another just another corporate entity that says yes to every client and does work without really putting uh, your heart and soul into a project. I'd like to turn away. No, no, I, I wouldn't like to turn away some clients. No, please keep coming. No, but like the, but it w- it would be. It, it's hard. It's you're trying to set a culture that you're both happy with. Exactly. Like, like for for future standards. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, what is that? Is have you found that your your vision of what that culture should be in your company or in his his vision is is different, aligned, or just confused at this point? Well, um, he comes from a background of retail. So what he's really bringing to the company. That I, I didn't even in a hundred years I would never have known how positively that could um, affect the company mm. um, because the kind of conversations we have with clients is it's not just design work we're also offering you our like the 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 complete package of our intellectual capacity to help your brand and help your product get off that shelf and into somebody's hands mm. so I know how to play the advertising game I know because. Uh, symbolism and ideologies has been my entire upbringing. It is your language. It's this my language. language, and and his is the numbers. Yeah. Is is uh, the numbers talk for logistics, me? Logistics, time management. Would you say right. that that's that's both of you, or do you feel like he's he's helped you kind of understand a time for? Our we're doing to... we're doing the logistics and time management together. Yeah, uh, but we're also doing it apart right. uh, because there's some projects that he takes a lead on, and some that I take a lead on. Yeah. So as far as social media is concerned, I'd rather somebody else do the time management for something like that yeah. and tell me when something's expected so that I could prepare some things a week earlier. You know, it is social media. So um, having things ready as a package a little earlier um, offsets the surprises that you sometimes get from clients. It's like, hey, we're going to run a promotion on Thursday. Yeah. But it is Thursday. <laughs> it's like, Do you mean next Thursday? And I was like, no, I mean like this, this Thursday. Right. It's like, oh, shit. You know, and, and, and that's it. Like, um, so in, 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 
it's it's two it's two spheres are trying to uh, occupying the same space. Two two halves of the same mind trying to yeah, yeah trying to blend and make things work. And it's it's been it's been an awesome learning experience because, like you said a little earlier, what we lack in Bahrain is that collaborative spirit. Yeah. Um. But I'm seeing I don't what we lacked in Bahrain. I would say. Because now there are people to collaborate with, and maybe it was just like a rite of passage. Maybe it just they're there, but I, f- I still feel like there's uh, there's this um, this issue of of cult- uh, cultural mindset that. N- and when I say cultural mindset, I don't mean the culture. Some of you might think I'm talking about you know this this delineation of where somebody comes mm. from, which country they're from, what they are ethnically. And, and I'm not talking about. I'm talking about there's this shared. No matter who you are ethnically, no matter what your passport color is, there's this culture in the Middle East of. Uh, you know, I got to be careful because everybody, every man is for himself. It's mm-hmm. a very dystopian. And maybe that's why I relate to Mad Max in that sense. <laughs> like yes. it, it is, it's all yeah. about, you know, I want to make sure I'm, I'm ahead and not screwing myself over before somebody else backstabs me. So every mm-hmm. idea, every venture, every opportunity is so precious yeah. to the point that it's very hard to get something that's not like, um, that it, you can't get big, bigger projects on going because the second you get to the, 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 the next tier of work, the next tier of complexity in your project, you have to rely on trust yeah. and that people share the same mindset. Right. And unfortunately, people get so freaked out about this issue and mm-hmm. they, they, they'll gladly work with somebody whose, whose work is inferior or not really up to par mm-hmm. because it's just somebody that they feel like will never backstab them. Right. And I don't feel like that's the spirit of collaboration because mm-hmm. you'll see uh, directors in the Middle East, you'll see... Uh, you know, anybody working on a creative venture or even a certain company, mm. they will take uh, the nepotism, my friend, my cousin, my family member, yeah. over somebody else because we have not developed a language of mutual interest. Exactly. We get so paranoid, we get so scared, we get so, we cannot see that, well, we got to look past that and, and figure and, and look past the idea of how this person is going to screw me over and actually think about, you know, well, everybody is a human being. They, mm. they will not screw me over if we if I make sure that our interests are aligned. Right. Mm. And that we share the same vision. So you'd love to be able to get people on board because they love you and because you trust them because they're your friend. That, that's a bonus. Right? right. But sometimes those things only happen after time. Mm. So you have to start off with showing mutual interest. You go, well buddy like you have this talk show here i have this here you know we work together and we share audiences we collaborate we both benefit right and you can say that but still at the back of their heads they're like this how's this guy gonna screw me over do you know and, and that can feed into the relationship and make sure. it poisonous mm-hmm. so from your side of it have you have you been able when you say you feel like the culture of collaboration is now growing it's here now do you feel like you've you've been experiencing people that don't go through that those bouts of, of paranoia and 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 uh, you know defensiveness and and militarization of their instincts? You know, I the thing is I I don't think I even uh, I like I I didn't really play that aspect into the spirit of collaboration because for me that is me as a person yeah. <laughs> you know yeah like um, I I'm naturally paranoid because I still remember the first time a friend had stolen like some artwork from me and then signed yeah. it and put it up online yeah. and that was when I was 16 17 and obviously you know you you I'm I'm used to losing things in 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 the in the design world in the art world and ultimately what I know is if I have a great idea it has to be expressed yeah immediately um, or, or at least written down so I can, you know, do something with it later. Um, so I've, cr- I've just created these, these systems and these protocols 
so that uh, my journey is as smooth as possible, fully knowing I'm going to have these little roadblocks that come along the way. Right. Um, the thing is, in, in, in terms of finding, uh, like, the spirit of collaboration, in, in, in your words, that is something that you have to consider right. um, when you're going to work with somebody. Um, the thing is, finding people to collaborate with, that's what I meant. It's not so difficult. Yes. Um, but finding someone who's, uh, who fits this puzzle that you'd like to put out, like, it's, it takes two people to make something work. Yeah. And, um, and ultimately, if, see, like, if, if we want to hold an event, we can't all be doing the same job. Right. Uh, job, work needs to be delegated. You take care of that. You take care of that. And Division like, of labor. That's it. That's what it is. It's, it's, uh, it's age of empires. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like... The fundamentals of an economic system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that's it. Like, um, we need to, uh, f- for collaboration to work, there has to be end product. Yeah. And end product can only be seen if people don't have to constantly tell each other what to do, but just do. Well, that's my issue with the workplace here in the Middle East. I, I know it's changing and I, I have hope in it. And there's many people that have proven me wrong over the years. Uh, maybe it is because collaboration is now visible. For, uh, you can see it as an example in Western culture. And, and maybe we're taking the best out of that and leaving the, the, the worst out of it. But I felt like, you know, even uh, from, from, from comedy to writing to copywriting to anything else, mm. that if you go into the spirit of like weaponizing your mind to be defensive and you're precious about what you're putting out there, you're, you're, a lot of your creative energies are spent being like, it's like a military budget, it you is, know, it you're is. spending it more on the weapons and defending yourself, defending yourself. And everybody's doing that. Everybody's yeah. playing the art of war, the art of uh, how to defend yourself from somebody else right. screwing you over, right. even if you're not it's going scary. on the attack. It's proper scary. Yeah, it is scary. And yeah. it kind of, I try to shun it as much as possible mm. within myself. I'll go, yeah, people are going to steal this. People are going to do this. People are going to backstab yeah. me. But if I weaponize, if I go to that next step, yeah. then I have no energy left to actually create. Whatever I do create becomes mediocre in the process. And then the well of what I'm scared of, which is my creativity drying up, mm. it is never kind of revived or refreshed because it's just this climate of fear. Mm. But the second you let go... You know, you go. Oh, okay. He's, the, you know, he he wants to take this, but I can I can see the guy, you know, that backstabbed me or took the the content that I created, and I can feel, you know, what I I feel a little bit of pity now because mm. I know that he's he's going through a moment of fear where he's struggling that he's not going to have the next big idea mm. because he doesn't see that his weaponization is what caused the well to dry up in the first place. Right. right. That was always an analogy I used here in the Middle East. Is like our problem is. When it comes to anything that is corporate or creative or, you know, joint ventures, cross-discipline uh, collaboration, there is a mentality of, of the Bedouin culture, which is there's a limited resource of water, you know. Right. And our the, the way we live our life justifies that because there's only enough water for my tribe over your tribe mm-hmm. and my people over your people. Yeah. So we're going to, you know. The last drop in that well is is super expensive. Exactly. So I, the, the, I understand that rationale because you're not saying I want to attack people for the sake of attacking people, but I'm going to be defensive and, and Machiavellian in how I think yeah. because there's a limited supply of water. The problem is the things we're talking about are not limited. We live in a global world where you can fund yourself, you can find resources outside of your own communities, outside of Bahrain, outside of the the region. And you can, if you just show good work, people will find you from China and from other places and support you and fund you. So I feel like the mentality has, like we're still living like tribal warriors, but maybe not in the literal sense, but Mm. we're we're living it mentally. Mm. And we, we haven't gone to this farmer mentality right. which is we all grow so we can grow together right That's we're exactly all farming right. at the same time right 
And I, I don't know if that's you've started to see that farmer mentality in your own work. And, and that's that's my goal. Right. My goal is to be one of those dispensers of things off shelves. Yeah. I want to be the creators of things. You know, like uh, like being a part of uh, designing stuff for people and stuff like that. It's uh, like I mean, in terms of posters. Wow. Like uh, that. That's like that's something I really like. It gets my it gets me tingling. Yeah. Because it doesn't exist. The culture isn't there. If people are buying posters and stuff like that they're they're going and buying what somebody else brought in from a different country right yeah, yeah. but like within the country where are where are my silk like where are my silk screen printers at right you right. know like where where are my crazy people that make like uh decorative tiles you know where where are my graffiti designers at where where are my where where are the actors at? so then the so grassroots level you are finding people that share that same culture and yeah, willing to kind of uh collaborate sure. together yeah. i mean for sure like uh, i i mean i look at you as well as being one of those new breeds in Bahrain. Yeah. um we have a wealth of, of, of information and uh experiences that we've been able to log in from people that have tried to do it previously but failed and had to uh had to redefine and rebrand themselves in order to stay relevant. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the same question for me because um, th- when we met three years ago, uh, we first collaborated with Boho Baja. Yeah. And that was events. You didn't really see David the artist yet. You saw David the guy that makes things. Yes. You know? And the Nick Offerman of, of, of wood shopping and, <laughs> that's, and cutting that's that's stuff. That's it. You know, like... The mad scientist. Even then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was nuts. You know, and... Yeah. and, and after that, it, it, it moved into... Then I went to India because I had that problem, remember, with yeah. my, with my yeah. company, which was the greatest thing that ever happened to me um, because I found a niche and I found a place in society where I was so intriguing to the, 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 the community. Um, he, he looks brown, but he talks, well, talks white. <laughs> you know, and it's like, he must be good. You know, and, and um, me and my cousin set up uh, like... Uh, a small we didn't set up the business we were more of uh we were more of seeing where it went but it was uh we were putting vinyls on bikes and cars right and that taught me a completely new thing like i learned how to do fiberglass work how to lay vinyls i got training from 3m and avery dennison and um and that really inspired me uh because (laughs) and this is really weird as soon as I came back to Bahrain, I sounded mental with the amount of positivity that I had from that experience. <laughs> there was like, there, there was people like, yeah, you, you got the crazy ass, bro. Yeah, you, you got you're, you're too hopeful. At this <laughs> yeah. You there, know? there is an energy that used to be here. I call it the sapping or draining energy of people that, uh, they, they just want to make you, bring you down back to reality, right? Yeah. 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 You know, but like, that was actually like, uh, I, it was such a great experience because as soon as I came back I, and I met you guys and I, I met you, I met PD, I like, all I felt was, I know how to do it now. Yeah. And what that what that takes is you need a little structure. You need a little, you, you need to create your box first. And within that box, you need to express yourself until that box gets full. Then just build that box again, get bigger and do more things, you know, as, as you go. But what I've learned in the, in the nine months that I've been back in Bahrain and we're finally in the process of starting our business. It took a lot of ro- a, a lot of a lot of flopping around like yeah, fish, you yeah, know, like a lot of that uh, um, failed hope that uh, a yeah. lot of failed projects. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, my my original business plan for the company will not kick in for the next two years, right? Because we've restructured it so that we've number one, we need to survive, and then number two, on top of that, my 
my actual plan to get into a certain market requires an education of society yeah. to tell them that you can now get this here. Be proud about the fact that you can get it here. Make made in Bahrain a reality. Yeah. You know, and take it out into the region and into the, the rest of the world. Like, um, it is it is a super it, this is a super reality. I, I know it's Whoa. going to happen. Yeah, this is like a, a vision now that's come goes well, just past the concept point, the first early sketches, yeah. and now this thing you've plucked out of your 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 dream world, your your cartoon world that exists in your in our own heads, that's and it. now it's it's legitimate because you see all these people that are pushing made in Bahrain. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing uh, ministries and and government ventures and all these uh, initiatives to kind of uh, get people that are uh, unorthodox. Mm. collaborators and creatives and you know entrepreneurs to kind of uh, take risks they right. want them to take risks yeah. and and you feel like it's a lot warmer welcome and i and it's it has a lot to do with uh with researching the statistics and analyzing the analyzing trends and the way things work i mean isaac asimov when he wrote i robot mm. you know robots around yet you know like they were there and they're probably in, in their more primal nature you know, right. them cranking gear. Yeah, the early, the Pull early. Pull the lever, Eagle. Early uh, automaton. Yes. Creators of the future, welcome oh. and see the majesty of Fallout 4, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh man, love that game. Love right. that game. For, for those of you now going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> uh, Isaac Asimov, uh, uh, the father of, of I would say, modern uh, science fiction. Uh, it was yeah, a very is. specific school of science uh, science fiction thought. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, iRobot was one of his uh, uh, prominent creations and stories that he right. wrote. And the other one, Fallout, is a, is a video game. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, th this is a, a good analogy to, to kind of how you go from something that is uh, considered even sci-fi, considered concept, yeah. considered, uh, you know, uh, subculture, considered not taken seriously by literary uh, academics. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a reality where people see the value and, and the worth exactly. in it. And people want to collaborate with you to figure out how you're doing it. And, mm -hmm. and your culture and the way you think kind of uh, rub off on them yeah. in, in a good way, hopefully. No, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. You know, like... Um, and I, I know that's going to happen because I know people's interests have been piqued, mm. especially with uh, our little cultural events like, you know, Boho Baha, yeah. which is unfortunately no longer around. But um, at least those kind of events have actually created other events and yeah. they have gone forth and created more. Yes, and they've proven it can be done. Yeah, they've, they've proven it can be done. Yeah. And the... the, the, the the petri dish is full you know there there are people that are coming from different sectors of society and redefining these little gatherings and groups with a with that with that vibe of collaboration right and well, some yeah so so yeah it's a really hopeful note i feel to to kind of leave it on and, mm. and to, to kind of give a message to all of you guys back home and and uh, wherever you are, globally speaking, if you're if you're one of us, if you're one of the cross-culture collaborators or, or creatives that have been struggling to find your people, struggling to find your tribe, mm. uh, this is one of the people that you should definitely, definitely look up. It's It's been fun on, actually. We've actually gone over an hour, 30 minutes. Did not I see that coming, man. Honestly, <laughs> this is, you guys should see uh, conversations that me and him have with uh, our friend PD Cypriot. Yeah, we're uh, going to have to do that soon. Uh, yeah, that's just complete uh, <laughs> metaphysics and science fiction and all that. So we'll get to that one day. But thank you, Dave, for, uh, for coming you. on board. And, thank and you. Uh, Can you tell people where to find your work or to, to collaborate with you or, or kind of well, get in contact with you? Sure. I mean, you can find me on Instagram, my Instagram accounts, uh, DaveRich87, and uh, you can see a lot of my, my work over there. And uh, yeah, send me a message. And uh, if you'd like to do some work together, um, I'd be happy to like work on some projects with you. So 
Let me know. Baby company needs its milk. So yes. get in touch. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, to all of you in the Middle East and, and uh, everywhere else in the world, thank you for uh, staying with us today. Uh, and thank you, Dave. Uh, we'll be coming at you soon and hopefully having Dave here a lot more often. Take care and stay safe. Bye.